Welcome to the Deacon Deacon Podcast. We hope you enjoy your stay. I am your host, Jeremy Striano, and we have another exciting episode for you all today. First things first, we start in the world of soccer, week one of the Premier League. What teams shocked us, what teams disappointed us, and what individuals had great performances on the pitch for week number one. Next, we go into baseball, where we break down the MLB standings and the return of an event that is near and dear to my heart. Finally, we wrap things up in the squared circle. Yes, WWE is back on the Deacon Deacon. I haven't talked about wrestling on a podcast for a long time, but when we have the best pay-per-view of the summer, SummerSlam coming up this weekend from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, I'll be giving some predictions. Who do I think is going to win? Will there be any title changes? And what happens in the main event when Roman Reigns takes on the GOAT himself? John Cena. Yes, John Cena is back. I'm very excited about that. I will definitely be watching SummerSlam this Saturday. Uh, I I know I'll be at a Red Bull game, but when that is all said and done, uh, I might just start over from the beginning and watch this whole card. There are 10 matches on this card, so I am very excited to break down this pay-per-view, which I have been looking forward to for weeks now, since the last pay-per-view, which was Money in the Bank, when John Cena made a return. So we're going to break all that down later in the show. And yeah, if, if your, your ears aren't deceiving you, there is no hockey in one of the main three segments. There isn't. And to be fair, it is the off season, but it, it just, it surprises me. Like, I feel like I should be talking about hockey every single podcast, every episode. I got to throw hockey in there. Now, there are a few signings going on. Uh, arbitration signings is what I'm trying to uh, refer to, but the world in hockey is very quiet right now. So I think we're gonna put hockey to the side. I don't. I'm shocked. Cue the gasp soundbite. I don't have a gasp uh, a gasp soundbite, but no hockey in the main three segments. Wow. But uh, at the end, we're gonna break down the AP college football top 25 poll the first poll of the season not shocking who is number one but there are some teams later on in the teens and 20s that have caught my attention and there are teams that we should all look out for if you are a fan of college football I know I am I'm very excited I know Notre Dame debuts September 5th which is a Sunday against Florida State so not a gimme not a gimme game for week one there um very excited we are away. We are playing in Tallahassee, and um, Florida State do have an extra motivation with the loss of legendary coach Bobby Bowden, but we'll see. 
We'll see. We'll break down. We'll go. We'll probably go 25 to 1. We'll build up there. So right now, let us kick off our first segment and let's start in the world of soccer. Lindelof. As you can tell from that last soundbite, I am very excited after week number one. A great performance by Manchester United against Leeds. But we have to start with game number one of the Premier League, uh, which happened on Friday. So, for these segments, I'm going to be breaking down... This is going to be a weekly thing. I'm going to break down every fixture from the Premier League, give you the score, give you basically like what we needed to look at, like what what happened significantly in these games, if there was any like big performances or a shocking result. And then after giving down the results, I will then look forward to the next week, so week two fixtures. So I'll give my predictions after I give my analysis from week one of the Premier League. And game one did not disappoint. Newly promoted Brentford who finished third in the championship. Remember last week, we talked about the Premier League being number one and the championship being number two, the Ted Lasso joke, all that, right? Brentford, who finished third in the championship, defeat Arsenal. Arsenal, one of the top, quote-unquote, top six teams in the Premier League, although they did finish in eighth last year. Brentford defeat Arsenal at home 2-0. In a game where Arsenal had more possession, more chances, and more shots on target, Brentford comes out with a 2-0 victory. I don't know what is going on in Mikel Arteta's camp right now, but it's certainly not looking up. This is a downward trend for Arsenal. A team that just spent £50 million on a defender from Brighton by the name of Ben White, who did make the England squad for the Euros. But, I don't know what's going on with Arsenal. I mean, as a Man U fan, I I love it. Because I love seeing, you know, teams that are supposedly, quote-unquote, better than us. I like seeing them struggle. Because it, you know, it puts them in their place. I've been there. I saw Man U finish in eighth. I've seen them miss out on Champions League. I've seen them this year, lose semifinals in major competitions. FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Europa League, getting knocked out of the group stage of Champions League. But we finished top two, and they finished in eighth, and I don't know what's going on with Mikel Arteta. Is he the savior? I don't think so. It didn't work out with Emery. And don't even get me started on the last years of Arsene Wenger's uh, tenure. Everyone wanted him out. This is going to be an issue that I will be bringing up. Will be the hot seat of Mikel Arteta's job. Because right now, there isn't a manager that I see leaving their current club to go manage Arsenal. Ancelotti found a new club. Pochettino found a new club. Tuchel found a new club. Like, who else is there? 
Mourinho found a new club. But anyway, enough about Arsenal. Let's talk about Brentford real quick. This is great. I love seeing teams that are newly promoted succeed. Brentford was a team that I actually had in my predictions last week. I had them staying up. I don't think they're getting relegated this year. I love Ivan Tony Raya, their goalkeeper, if I'm saying his name right. He had a great game. He was, like, I think the top goalie, one of the top goalies in Premier League uh, fantasy this week. I didn't have him on my team. I did pick him up, though. But big ups to Brentford. They they had a really great video. I don't know if you guys saw it on my Instagram, but there was, like, a fan there. Um, um, a little kid, like, who was, like, cheering on the team, and the manager went up to him, and a few players went up to him. And it was really big for the club because this is the first time in over 70 years that they have been um, in the Premier League or in the top flight of English football. So big up to the Bees. We're going to start zooming through a few of these predictions, but the next game, man, I am grinning from ear to ear right now. You can't see it. I'm not on YouTube yet, but I am smiling. When I say that Manchester United had defeated Leeds United by a score of 5-1. to one. Let's start before the game. Before the game, it was announced that Old Trafford, Manchester United Stadium, were hosting a capacity crowd. Manchester United Stadium, Old Trafford, holds 75,000 people. Yeah. Bigger than any MLB stadium in America. I would say bigger than a third of NFL stadiums, possibly. Obviously not um, MetLife or uh, Dallas, AT&T. 75,000 people for the return of sports. And I mean, yeah, uh, Tottenham probably had a big crowd I'm sure the crowd at Stanford Bridge Stanford Bridge Vince correct me if I'm wrong is possibly about like 40,000 the there were some big crowds this weekend and the biggest one was the 75,000 at Old Trafford and before the game this is this was such a baller move I believe it was Solskjaer's decision to do this right after the team left the field for warm-ups our new signing, Rafael Varane, comes out of the tunnel with his Manchester United number 19 jersey and takes a picture at midfield in front of the whole crowd and everyone is going nuts. I was so pumped because there was a reason why. The, the signing was getting delayed. We knew that we he had signed the principal agreement, like him, his agent, and uh, Manchester United and Real Madrid, where he came from had agreed on the fee. It was around like 50 million pounds, which is a steal for a defender who was like in his prime. But the club hadn't announced it. Like there wasn't any pictures of him in the jersey. There wasn't pictures of him at training. It had been confirmed that he had been at training, but the staff and the media team at United were instructed because it wasn't announced yet not to take any pictures of Rafael Varane. So he had been training. I think he had one or two training sessions uh, completed with his new team. But when he came out of the tunnel, it was like, oh, man, I wish I was there. I wish 
I wish I was in that attendance for that game, for that moment. And this is just, this is before kickoff. This has nothing to do with the 90 minutes that Man U played, which was impeccable, may I add. Bruno Fernandez hat trick. Paul Pogba, a guy that has been linked away from United, possibly going to either Paris Saint-Germain with Messi and Neymar, which I don't know how they're going to afford that, or Real Madrid, who are in cap hell and don't know how to afford that as well. He had four assists in this game. He assisted Greenwood's goal, Fred's goal, and two of Bruno's. That was his best performance in a United shirt. It was also Bruno's, arguably. That team looked hungry. And the goal that they gave up for Leeds, Ailing's goal was a rocket of a shot. I'm so happy. I know it's only week one, but I'm very happy with the performance that my club put out there. In front of their fans, in front of club legends, in front of their manager, who I did see get up on the touchline. I he the only problem I have with Oli is that he just sits in his chair way too much. Like he needs to be out there. He needs to be on the touchline instructing the guys where to go. He didn't need to do that a whole lot like later in the game. But it, when we're in the Champions League and we're playing against, you know, whoever, name it. Paris, Munich, Juventus, even Chelsea or Liverpool or City, he needs to be out there. But my oh my. Dare I say it, we're back. Dare I say it. It's it's exciting. And especially too against a rival like Leeds United. I'm pumped. So big ups to Man U. 5-1 over Leeds. Let's go through Saturday. We have a few that we're going to highlight here. This one, Brighton beats Burnley 2-1. Malpai and McAllister. McAllister gets a late winner for Brighton here. I like Brighton. I like Brighton. I think their team is decent. I love their stadium. Their stadium actually looks sick. I believe Brighton's on the coast of England. I believe so. I'm not good with my English geography, but they have a seagull as their logo, so I like to think that they're by the shore. Um, I like Brighton. I like their jersey. I like their stadium. Burnley, Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche is a manager. You can't do an accent. I'm sorry. Burnley gets screwed year in, year out because uh, they just, they're dealing with a change of ownership this year, and they have not given Sean Dyche any funds to, for, for him to work with. So, uh, it showed there. It, it did show. Um, but, big ups to Brighton. McAllister, Maupai, getting on the score sheet, 2-1. I actually really like Brighton. I think they're going to be, you know, competing with that saving, like being saved from relegation mid-table, like that 12-18 to 18 range. I don't see them being in the top two, or no, the bottom two, rather. Burnley, I do. I had Burnley finishing in last. We'll see. Here's one that we're going to go more in depth. The European champions, 
the Kings of Europe, Chelsea, home game at Stamford Bridge, take down London rival, I guess you can call him a rival a little bit, Crystal Palace, Patrick Vieira's debut, wasn't a good one, Chelsea defeat Palace 3-0. This Marcus Alonso goal was insane. Oh my god, he's awesome. He's a, he's a really good player. Chelsea fans, I don't know like where you stand with him, but that was a obviously it was a great goal. But the bigger story was uh, the kid Chaloba, Trevor Chaloba, I think is his name. He's been an academy player for years with Chelsea. I believe he has a brother. I've heard of uh, I think it's Nathan Chaloba who was playing for Watford, which makes sense because Chelsea and Watford near each other. Um, but Trevor Chaloba, center back gets a goal and his reaction to scoring was priceless he just broke down and started crying because that's how much it meant to him i was amazed i was you know feeling for him that's a big moment getting your first premier league goal for your boyhood club like it really it was such a great moment and it almost brought a tear to my eye because like that's what everyone works for you know as an athlete, you work to get to the top level of your sport, biggest stages of your sport. And what he did was incredible. And I am so happy for him. I know he's a rival, but I'm happy for the kid. Chelsea is a threat, right? Like, they are just so good. Um, they're a fun team to watch. And they have a big game next week, which we will highlight in just a bit. Everton, the Toffees, three, Southampton, one. Everton is interesting because I predicted them to finish in 10th, I believe. And they have a new manager in Rafa Benitez, who has managed a few clubs who are well-recognizable, uh, Newcastle, including. Their transfer window was kind of weird because they brought in Andrus Townsend, who's been a Premier League veteran for years now. And Damari Gray, formerly of Leicester City. Now, they have James, DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Richarlison. So, judging by their window, I, I just didn't think that they have what it takes to compete with, you know, with your cities, your Chelsea's, your United's, your Liverpool's, even Leicester. Maybe even, like, West Ham gives them trouble. Although, I think Everton can beat West Ham. Even though West Ham had a great performance, which we will get into in a little bit. But Everton proved me wrong this week. They put three up on Southampton at Goodison Park. Decore, DCL, Richarlison all on the score sheet. I like Everton's attack. I like their attack. I think they can improve on maybe like a cam. I think they play with two up top. They have to. Um, or Richarlison plays a wing. I don't see Calvert-Lewin playing a wing. But I, I do like Everton's front three. Like I like their attacking formation there. But I know something just needs to change if you want to compete with the top six, and try to get into Europa League, which Everton has been in Europe in years past. They're always that team that flirts with 5th, 6th, 7th place, and 
quite frankly, I think they could be better than Arsenal if, if, and only if you sign a couple more players. They're linked to Insigne. I'd love that for them. I would love that. Maybe a center back here and there. We'll see. I like Everton. They looked really good. 3-1 against Southampton. Leicester Wolves. Wolves. Ah, man. I New manager. New goalie. Young team. Raul Jimenez, their striker, is back. Pumped about that. However, they just did not look... Uh, they did not look good. Adama Traore missing an absolute sitter. Which could have put them in front 1-0. Misses out on that chance. Jamie Vardy had a lot of chances and he got his goal. Beautiful flick too with his left foot. It was a beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. King Power Stadium was rocking 1-0. I'm always scared. As a Man U fan, I'm scared when we play Leicester. Because Leicester can be that team that can break you down without without noticing. Like, like, like they can they can be sly. They can be sneaky. Like they're sneaky good. Cause you look at their team, right? Like they have Vardy, Schmeichel, Yori Tillemans, um man, I don't even know like who uh Soyan Sue. Like, they don't have that world-class superstar like like Tottenham have in Harry Kane. Like Chelsea have in Kai Havertz, Pulisic, Timo Werner, um, now Romelu Lukaku. Or like Man United who have Pogba, Bruno, Rafael Varane, Liverpool, Van Dijk, Salah, Mane, Firmino. City, we get it. You know, you spend $700 million on your whole starting eleven, But anyway, Leicester can be that team. And everyone loves Leicester because of what they did back in 2016 when they won the league. 5,000-1, they win the Premier League. They're still good. And I think, now, we're only talking about the Premier League. I do think they're going to come into a little bit of trouble when they play Europa League this year. Just because they have a lot of games. And they're not used to playing, you know, midweek and then playing on the Prem on Sunday. You know, so it's going to be a test for them. Champions League, when they won, they looked awful. They did. Like, they looked really flat. For being the champions of England, like, they looked bad. Because they were a pot, I believe they were a pot two team or a pot one, I forget. They did not look, they didn't even make it out of the knockout stages. I think they finished in... I think they finished in third, which put them in the Europa League, and then they got knocked out. So, we'll see what happens with them. Obviously, in a few weeks, we're going to have the reactions to the Champions League draw and the Europa League draw. We'll do the Europa League for the uh, English teams who are in it. So, that's Leicester, West Ham, and Tottenham, I believe. So, we're going to see when, when they all come out. That'll be all in one episode, um, the Champions League draw and the Europa League draw. Uh, we got two games left for Saturday. We have Watford 3, Aston Villa 2. This was a shocking result. They did play this game at Vicarage Road, Watford's home stadium. Aston Villa was a team that I was doing, I was praising, praising Aston Villa. 
newly promoted Wofford just says, nope, we'll rain on your parade. I know. I had Aston Villa. Oh, man. That, that was my bold prediction. I had them finishing in sixth place. Sixth place, Aston Villa. They lose week one. Again, I'm, I shouldn't freak out. It's week one. Oh, well. But props to Watford. Emmanuel Dennis is one of the most exciting players in the Prem right now. Uh, if you had him on your fantasy team, you did well. <laughs> if you had him and one of Bruno or Pogba, you did very well. Um, I did not have Emmanuel Dennis in my lineup because I'm ignorant and I don't know much about the newly promoted players, but I do now. I do now. Um, congrats to Watford. They looked really good. And wrapping out, wrapping out Saturday, Liverpool three, Norwich City nil. Virgil is back. Absolute unit. Get scared. Mo Salah, still elite. You know, I was talking about Liverpool. I was talking about their front three getting old. You know, but Mo Salah still, still got it. Still got it. Diogo Jota, Mane, Firmino, Fabinho, they look good. They look very good. So, big ups to Liverpool. Even though they are a rival, I will give them the big ups. And now, wrapping... Wrapping off week one, we got Newcastle. Oh, man, what a voice crack. Newcastle 2, West Ham 4. A six-goal thriller at St. James Park. Mikel Antonio. Mikel Antonio is elite. Let me say that right now. Mikel Antonio is elite. He's an elite goal scorer. Newcastle have work to do. They could be one of those teams flirting. 15, 16, 17. But that crowd, St. James Park is massive. That crowd was buzzing. It was a really good game. Back and forth, back and forth. Penalties awarded. But West Ham, even though they have a weak bench, they look really good. They just need, they need a few more signings. At least two or three. They might get Lingard... Man, you have put a $25 million pound for Lingard. So, we'll see what happens with the Hammers. But, big result from them. And last game of the week, Spurs won Man City nil. This was great to see. Because money can't buy you love. It could buy you the Premier League title. But it can't buy you a win against a Spurs team without their best player in the starting 18. Not even the starting 11. That game, I guess, I guess it proves that they need Harry Kane. I guess it proves that they can just throw 150 million euro, pound, dollars, whatever it is. Two spurs for Harry Kane. Yet they still beat him. That man, uh, man United. That Man City lineup is pure filth. It's dirty. It's it's scary. 
you should be scared when you play against a team like Man City. And to be fair, most people do. The only teams that I've seen compete with Man City are Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and now Spurs. There should be no debate. I think Hyunmin Sun is an elite player. I think he's one of the best. I would love for him to play for Man U. But as soon as he goes, man, that big stadium, oh man, I don't even want to know when Harry Kane leaves. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Oh my God, they're going to be in a a hell. Their fans are going to, oh my God, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. But what I'm thinking about right now is that they beat... Man City 1-0 week one without their best striker, without their best player. They held them to no goals. That lineup was held to no goals. Spurs every year have a point to prove. Every year, they, because they're a team, we associate no trophies with Spurs. They had the great run a few years ago to get to the Champions League final only to lose to Liverpool, right? They've been in FA Cups, Carabao Cups, just recently the Carabao Cup final losing to Manchester City. Nuno Espirito Santo was buzzing. <laughs> he was buzzing. After that win. After that goal by Son. I saw that. But I just don't... uh, We don't want to know what happens. I mean, I guess you can see... Oh, like we don't need Harry Kane. That was kind of like... Oh, we don't need Harry Kane. You know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, But they also have the Europa Conference. Which is still confusing to me. I don't know what that's all about. I guess we will all find out. In a few weeks' time. But yeah, they're going to be playing games midweek. Premier League on the weekend. Tottenham are going to be playing a lot of games. So, what do they do? Do they buy more? Do they sell Harry Kane to get that money? To possibly buy another striker? Two guys that I had linked to Tottenham were Boadu, Myron Boadu, and Daniel Mallon, who both signed new contracts or new teams. I don't know who's out there. You can go get Edward from Celtic is a name. I mean... I'm sure, I'm sure a few of the teams or a few of the players from the newly promoted teams, like an like an Emmanuel Dennis, Ismail Hassar, Ivan Tony, I'm sure they're gonna get targeted from teams like Tottenham, like Arsenal, like West Ham, like Everton, to bolster their attack. So maybe this is a learning point. Maybe this is a let's see what happens kind of deal for Tottenham. 
and maybe they address this need. Maybe they'll address it in January. I don't see them signing someone right now. They did sign Christian Romero from Atalanta, who was linked to United, actually. And I think that's a great signing for Tottenham. He was, I believe he was Serie A Defender of the Year. That was a great signing for them. But when Kane leaves, ugh, they need to sign a striker. They're going to need to. It doesn't need to be a, you know, a Holland or a Lewandowski. I don't even know if Lewandowski would ever leave Bayern Munich right now, and he is getting older. But like a like a Holland or like a Lukaku-esque, you know, Werner. Uh, maybe they go after Tony Martial. Maybe Man United play Tony Martial a little more often, and maybe Martial goes to Tottenham. It definitely looks realistic right now. But we'll see what happens. We have a few weeks left in this transfer window. And then, uh, obviously, the next one will open on New Year's Day. All right. So, we look forward to week two. What are the matchups looking like for week number two? Here we go. Saturday. We start off with Liverpool-Burnley. All right. So, I'll be giving my predictions for each one. We're going to go rapid fire, kind of. Liverpool, Burnley at Anfield, home debut. I can't see anything more. I'm going to go 4 1 to Liverpool. I don't know how Burnley get a goal, but I, I think they might. But Liverpool are just too dominant. I'm going to go 4 1 to Liverpool. Aston Villa, Newcastle at Villa Park. I think Aston Villa are destined for a win. I'm going to go with 2-1. Uh, 2-1 to Aston Villa. I think the Villains get a win. I think Newcastle continue their poor form. They'll go to 0-2 on the year. Ah, I want to say draw. No, I think I think Villa are going to win. 2-1. Brentford Palace. Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Newly promoted Brentford, who I'm very high on. And I think Brentford get another win. I think it's going to be 1-0. Ivan Tony gets his first Premier League goal, 1-0 to the Bees. Brentford up Brentford. Leeds-Everton. This is an interesting game because Everton had a really successful home debut. Leeds struggled on the road against Man U, lost by four goals. Both teams are hungry. I think it's going to be a two-all draw. I think Everton steal a point from Leeds on the road and finishing off Saturday or actually no we have two more games Man City Norwich 4-0 to City I think this is going to be a blowout USA Network you can watch it or you don't have to you can just wait for the result I'm gonna go 4-0 to City way too dominant against a newly promoted team and finishing off Saturday we got Brighton Watford this is an interesting game because both teams are coming off of a win. But Brighton are now home. I'm going to go 2-1 to the goals. 2-1 to Brighton. Now, to Sunday. We got three games on Sunday. Both, uh, All three games must watch, I think. Um, two are at the same time, so it's tough. So if you have multi-screens, go right ahead. We're kicking off with Southampton. Man U from St. Mary's Stadium. I think Man U are looking too dominant right now, and I'm kind of biased. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 victory 
for Manchester United. I hope Jaden Sancho starts. I am hoping, really hoping, that Rafael Varane starts. If Rafael Varane starts, maybe we see a clean sheet. Who knows? But I think we're going 3-1. I think we're going to concede. We're going to concede. I'm going to go 3-1 to United. Wolves versus Spurs from the Molyneux. Wolves home debut against Tottenham. This is an interesting one. Uh, man, Kane to Kane or not to Kane. That is the question. I'm going to go. Man, this is a tough one. This is actually the toughest one to predict. I'm going one all draw. I'm going to go one all draw Wolves Spurs from the Molyneux. And finally, for Sunday, we have two more games. Last one on Sunday, Arsenal-Chelsea from the Emirates. Another London derby. Chelsea playing two London teams in two weeks. Coincidence, I think not. Uh, anyway, Arsenal home debut. Mikel Arteta destined for a great result, right? Wrong. Three. No, excuse me. I'm going to go 2-1 to the Blues. I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone thinks. I think it's going to be an early goal for Arsenal. Or actually, no. I think Chelsea get an early goal. Go in the halftime 1-0 up. Arsenal get one back in like the 50th, 60th minute. But then a late winner off the bench, Romelu Lukaku. Back in his club. Gets the winner. 2-1 to Chelsea. And finally, we have one game on Monday the 23rd. West Ham, Leicester at the Olympic Stadium. Home debut for West Ham. Coming off a 4-2 win. Both teams coming off wins. I'm going to go with 2-1 to the Foxes. Leicester City get the win for me here. All right. I had a great time doing that. Uh, Expect that a lot more for every other podcast going forward. I love the Premier League. If you guys are interested in other leagues, like La Liga from Spain, Bundesliga in Germany. I know that ESPN now have Bundesliga, so I'll be able to watch more German games. If you guys want me to cover a specific league or a specific team, just let me know. If you have my social media, if you have my information, send me a text, a message, a DM saying, hey, Jeremy, I really want you to cover um, Celtic or Rangers from Scotland, or I really want you to look at Real Madrid. They're playing Atletico this weekend. So I will cover that in the next week's episode. You just got to let me know. Usually if it's a bigger game like uh, El Clasico, like if it's Barca versus Real Madrid or Barca versus Atletico or um, Bayern versus Dortmund, I will be covering that. So don't worry about that. But if you want me to cover more of, say, Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Mönchengladbach, Red Bull Leipzig. Let me know. I'll be happy to. So expect more soccer content from this podcast. It's not just going to be a hockey podcast, people. Hockey is going to be a big part of it. But (laughs) soccer is my number two. So a lot of soccer will be covered for the Deacon Deacon. All right. Well, we got soccer. We got the world's game. Let's go over to America's pastime. And let's go over to the world of baseball. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run by Piazza. And the Mets lead 3-2. Division races are heating up in the MLB. And we're going to be breaking down every single division from the division leader to the run to the litter in the fifth spot. So we're going to start right off with the AL East. 
In fifth, we right now have the Baltimore Orioles with a record of 38-79. and 79. They are 33 games back from the division lead. In fourth, not out of it, we have the Toronto Blue Jays, 63-54, and 54, eight games back of the lead. In third, we have the New York Yankees, 66-52, and 52, only a game and a half, or rather, five and a half games back of the lead, only a game and a half back on the wild card. In second, we have the Boston Red Sox with a record of 69-51. and 51. Three and a half games back on the division lead, only a half game back on the wild card. And in first place in the AL East is Kevin Cash's Tampa Bay Rays, 72-47. and 47. Wow. Um, Boston right now, they are on a three-game win streak, but who knows? Maybe they end up going in a downward trend. It's not happening right now, but we'll see what happens come September when we hit the dog days. I mean, we're officially in the dog days of summer right now. But it looks to me that the Yankees are kind of on an upward trend. They're getting their guys back from injury, getting their guys back from COVID. Anthony Rizzo should be coming back very soon. Garrett Cole came back with a win yesterday. So we'll see what happens there. I love Toronto. I love their roster. I love they're just not there yet. You know, they're like the Rangers. They got a good young core. They're not there yet. Give them some time. Give them some, you know, veteran signings like a Marcus Simeon add on to that and they'll be back they'll be back in the top of the AL East but the Tampa Bay Rays a team with one of the lowest payrolls in Major League Baseball continuing to dominate right here the only team in the AL East with over 70 wins I really like this team um, but I don't know maybe the Yankees or the Red Sox you know overtake them come September we'll see what happens with that the AL Central not as exciting as the AL East in fifth place we have the Kansas City Royals with a record of 50 and 67 18 games back of the division lead in fourth and going in a very downward trend the Minnesota Twins 53 and 66 16 games back of the division lead in third a team that is in a upward trend take it as you will but this is a team that's going to be Competing for a wild card in the near future, the Detroit Tigers, 58 and 62, 11 and a half games back of the lead. And second, the Cleveland Indians, 57 and 60, 11 games back. And your division leader of the AL Central, a team that I really enjoy watching, the Chicago White Sox, 69 and 50. I love the White Sox. I think they're a lock right now to win the AL Central. They should be competing against. Arguably, it could be the AL West winner in the in the playoffs. So either the A's or the Astros, depending on who wins that one. Uh, I really like the White Sox. I think they're going to be an exciting team come the division series of the playoffs. And to end the American League, we have the West at the bottom. The Texas Rangers, forty-two and seventy-six, twenty-eight games back of the division lead in fourth and man oh man is this team just not looking good and not looking good for their superstar the los angeles angels of anaheim 59 and 61 12 games back seattle mariners in third place 63 and 56 seven and a half games back in second we have the oakland a's 68 and 51 only two and a half games back of the division lead and in first Sorry, was that too soon? The 
Houston Astros 70 and 48. Again, we can say all you will about the Astros with their scandal. I don't have respect for them, but they are a really good team on the field, and they have a, a great roster, great roster. See if they can re-sign players like Correa next year. Maybe he'll stay, maybe he'll go. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I think Oakland are competing. I think Oakland getting Marte at the deadline was a huge move, but we'll see what happens with their rotation, with their pitching. Obviously, losing Liam Hendricks last year to the White Sox was a big blow for them on their back end of the bullpen. But, you know, they're, they're, they're at 68 wins. And next time they play Houston, they take two or three games from them. They're right back in it. So, who knows? It's a very tough race. I really like Oakland to win the AL West, but we'll see what happens with there. Now, oh, man. I thought I could avoid the NL East, but I can't because they're next. And I... I don't want to do the AL East, but or the NL East rather, but we're gonna to have to do it. Uh, in fifth place, we got the Nationals, fifty and sixty-eight, twelve and a half games back. In fourth, we have the Miami Marlins with a record of fifty-one and sixty-eight, twelve games back. In third, we have the New York Mets with a record of fifty-nine and fifty-nine, three and a half games back. Second, we have the Philadelphia Phillies, 61 and 57, one and a half games back. And first place right now, the Atlanta Braves, 63-56. Mets are currently on a four-game losing streak, and they are now 500. I I don't know what to say anymore. We're not even going to talk about the Mets. I, 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 I've I said enough. I ranted last week. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say anymore. That'll get them. They were hitting, but, you know, Miguel Castro giving up a two-run homer. They take the lead back. The Giants are a great team. They're the best team in baseball. But somehow, I believe that, oh, we can win a series against San Fran. Because I'm delusional. Because I'm trying to be optimistic. I can't even, I don't even know what to say anymore. I, re I really don't. I'm just looking forward to hockey season, football season. <sighs> yep, that's me. Met fan. Struggling since day one. So be it. But anyway, I mean, Atlanta. Let's go to Atlanta. I mean, losing your superstar and still performing day in and day out. They, you know, you know, they lose a superstar and they can perform, but when we lose our superstar, superstars, plural, all of a sudden everything hits the fan. It's a joke. To quote Lindy Ruff, it's an absolute joke. It's a joke. Figure it out. Or Rojas is gone. I want him gone. I'm sorry. I don't like being that guy, but I am that guy. Rojas out. Fire Rojas. Hashtag it. Make it trending. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the NL Central. Uh, in fifth place, we have, obviously, sorry, Vince, the Pittsburgh Pirates with a record of 42 and 77. 30. Yes, 30 games back of the division lead. In fourth, the Chicago Cubs, 52 and 69. 21 games back of the division lead. In third, we have the St. Louis Cardinals, 61 and 56, 10 games behind the division leaders. In second, 
and a team that could compete for a wild card spot. The Cincinnati Reds, 65 and 55, seven and a half games back. And in first place of the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers, 72 and 47. This is a fun team. This is a team that's going to compete and I think beat whoever wins the NL East. Whether if it's the Braves, whether if it's the Phillies, if it's the Mets. The Mets, yes, I'm still thinking that they are competing for the division title. But I think the Brewers beat whoever that may be in a five-game series. I really like the Brewers. I think it's their time to shine. Maybe they end up in a World Series. But I do think the NL representative comes from our last division, the NL West. This is exciting. But the Padres in a downward trend. But let's work our way up. In... Last place. Team that I'll be visiting soon. I'll be going to their stadium very soon. The Arizona Diamondbacks with a record of 38 and 81. 39 games back behind the division leader. Oof. But I want to give a special shout out. We're talking about the Diamondbacks. Special shout out to Tyler Gilbert, a no hitter in his MLB debut. Only, I believe, the fourth pitcher in league history to pitch a no-hitter in his debut. Congrats to him. I saw the reaction of his dad there in the crowd. Again, another teary-eyed moment there. Congrats. Congrats. And he did it against a really good team. He beat the Padres. So, congrats to Tyler Gilbert. Uh, Big ups to him. Congratulations there. In fourth place of the NL West, we have the Colorado Rockies, 53-66, 24 games back. Trevor Story, see you bye. He will not be returning to the Rockies. In third, we have the San Diego Padres, 67-54. They have a lot of work to do, 11 games back of the division lead. However, I still think they are in, yeah, they are the second place team in the wild card. So, it's the Reds that are trying to catch the Padres there. And second, and a lock to either get the first spot in the wild card or the division championship is the LA Dodgers, 73 and 46, four games behind the division leading. Yes, the division leading San Francisco Giants, 77 and 42, the best team in baseball. Recently trading for Chris Bryant, they're now 12 and 3, I believe now 13 and 3. As or with Chris Bryant. Coincidence? I think not. This is a very talented team. I'm glad to see that San Francisco is back to their old selves. You know, with the likes of, you know, when Bruce Bochy was managing Tim Lincecum, Buster Posey, Barry Zito, that team. That was a fun team. Hunter Pence. A fun team for San Francisco. And, you know, I, I love seeing Oracle Park getting rowdy. I know last night I was watching the Mets, and the Mets were competing with them. Pete Alonso hit a triple because it's that's at the, I believe, I believe Oracle Park, or what was what it used to be called, AT&T Park, is one of the easiest parks to hit a triple because it's so deep out there in right center field. So Pete hit one there, and he turned the Jets on and ended up, uh, getting three bags so i i can't bring up the mets anymore man i can't because if we lose tonight we're below 500 and it just doesn't look good it doesn't look good it's sad 
It's sad. It really is. But, anyway, I love the Giants. I love this race in the NOS. It's going to be very exciting. It might come down to the final weekend of play here for one of these teams. But as of right now, San Fran's in the driving seat. And they look good. They look fresh. They look reju like rejuvenated might be the word. They look great. So, But the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And they could scare anybody. You know, just, they are the second best team in baseball. Yet they are second place in their division. So they can also beat anybody, you know, any given day. They can beat the Giants in a five-game series. That would be very exciting. So the NL West is the race that we need to keep an eye on for. The Mets continue to struggle. The Yankees, I think, are in an upward trend. That race between them and the Red Sox is going to be intense. Uh, it looks like Tampa is securing their spot in the top of the division, but who knows? Maybe injuries might happen and just flat-out bad baseball if you're like the Mets. That could happen, so we'll see. NL Central, I do think the Brewers are... I like the Reds. I think the Reds are very competitive. I, I think I think they have a great roster. I just don't think their pitching is, you know, up to snuff with the, uh, with the Brewers. So, we'll see what happens there. It's going to be very exciting. I love the MLB playoffs. It's a very exciting time. That... The fall, September, October, you get fall baseball, you get college football, NFL, hockey comes back. What more can you ask for? Premier League, NBA returns. What more can you ask for? We're almost there, folks. We're almost there. Okay, we're going to stick with baseball. We're going to stick with baseball, but we're going to move out of the MLB because this Thursday, tomorrow, kicks off. One of my favorite sporting events, sporting tournaments of all time. I say one of. My favorite tournament is March Madness. There's there's nothing, nothing competes. But this is a, in a running with the Frozen Four as like my second or third favorite tournament in all sports. All right, take a guess. Take a guess what it is. I'm going to give you a clue. But keep thinking. Maybe this will help you out. series is back oh man did i miss this tournament we missed march madness of course with covid as well we missed almost everything with covid but the little league world series makes its return tomorrow yes now it will be different it will be a very different tournament it's not going to be like the tournaments that we we used to know and love when the the winner of the u.s faces off the winner against uh, the winner of the international bracket. It's going to be a little different this year. There are only going to be 16 American teams. 
Usually there are only eight American teams. This year, there will be 16 American teams. So, Jeremy, what does that mean? Well, there are eight regions, right? Which means there are eight winners. The runners-up of each region also qualify for Williamsport. So, you are either labeled as your region champion or your region runner-up. So, it's A and B. So, for example, in the Mid-Atlantic, Tom's River East, one of the greatest Little League regional comebacks of all time, they fell short in the Mid-Atlantic Regional Championship to Oaks, Pennsylvania. So, Oaks goes in as the Mid-Atlantic A team. Tom's River comes into the tournament as the Mid-Atlantic B team. So, what they're doing is, and this is very cool because judging by the colors on the website, or on the bracket, rather, I believe most of these teams are going to be wearing the colors. If you are a region champion, so the American teams that won their region, they will wear the colors that they would have worn if there were international teams. The runners-up are actually wearing the colors of the international teams that cannot participate because of COVID-19. So the USA, it looks like they're wearing green and red for Mexico. Right? Connecticut looks like they're wearing black and red for Canada. So that's cool. I think that's really cool. I think they're doing that. I think that's what it looks like. Or Ohio might be... Ohio might be... Ohio is actually wearing red and white for Japan. This is pretty cool. This is very cool. So I'm glad that... Um, I'm glad that the Little League World Series... I'm glad that Williamsport are doing this... Uh, they're keeping the tournament. They're keeping keeping everything there. They're doing a home run derby on the 24th at Volunteer Stadium, which is the second their number field number two. Obviously, their main stadium is Howard J. Lamade Stadium, which I've been to, and it's it's incredible. They're separating the teams by two brackets, and I really think this is a great gesture. Um, I'm getting a little emotional because I love these two players and these two players actually are no longer with us on, on earth. Uh, their two regions are named after two MLB legends. They're doing the Hank Aaron teams and the Tom Seaver team. So it's side, the left side of the bracket is the Hank Aaron side. And then the right side is the Tom Seaver side. So it's a really nice gesture there for, uh, for Williamsport for little league and uh, naming that. Uh, naming the two divisions after two of the best baseball players of all time. Uh, there will be, I believe there will be a, they're doing the players weekend game. I think that's happening. Let me see if they're doing that. I believe they are, they usually play a game. Usually MLB teams play, um, they play a game in Williamsport. Trying to figure out what teams are playing there. Let me hold on one second. I think it's happening. Yes, it'll be the Angels. Wow, it'll be the Angels and the Indians. So Mike Trout will be playing in Williamsport. These kids are going to go nuts. These kids are going to go insane. Um, but yeah, so we're going to break down. We're going to tell you every team that is being represented. We're going to start with the Hank Aaron region. So when I say West A, or like if I say A, that means they won their division. So I'll just, I'll specify. 
So the West winners, we have the Honolulu Little League from Honolulu, Hawaii. The, uh, the winners of the Midwest region, Hastings Baseball Little League from Hastings, Nebraska. The winners of the Great Lakes region, Taylor North Little League from Taylor, Michigan. The winners of the Northwest region, East Lake Little League from Sammamish, Washington. There it is. I got it. The runners-up of the New England region, Manchester Little League from Manchester, Connecticut. The runners-up and one of my dark horse picks from the Mid-Atlantic region, Tom's River East Little League from Tom's River, New Jersey. Yes, the same team that won in 1998. We'll get into Tom's River in just a little bit. The runners-up of the Southeast region, Martin, Martin County North Little League from Palm City, Florida. And the runners-up of the Southwest, we have the Wiley Little League from Abilene, Texas. Now we go over to the Tom Seaver region. The winners of the Southeast region, Nolansville Little League from Nolansville, Tennessee. The winners of the New England region, North Manchester Hookset Little League from Hookset, New Hampshire. The winners of the Mid-Atlantic region, Upper Providence Little League from Oaks, Pennsylvania. The winners of the Southwest region, Lafayette Little League from Lafayette, Louisiana. The runners-up of the Great Lakes region, Westside Little League from Hamilton, Ohio. The runners-up of the West region, Torrance Little League from Torrance, California. The runners-up of the Northwest region, Lake Oswego Little League from Lake Oswego, Oregon. And the runners-up of the Midwest, Sioux Falls Little League from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Guys, if you haven't watched the Little League World Series, do yourself a favor and start this year. I know it's not going to have all the fanfare as it was. Like, I love watching the teams from the Asia-Pacific region, like your Taiwans, your Taipeis, even your Koreas. Japan is always a, always a powerhouse. Canada puts out a team. A European team always makes it. Latin America, Caribbean. Am I forgetting one? Australia. Australia also puts out a team, too. So, it, it's a great tournament. It's a great time. Um, I, I always like when uh, when the Little League World Series comes on. And obviously, last year, in the middle of COVID, you know, August fell in the middle of the pandemic. So, there was no Little League World Series there. But, we will get one this year. I'm very excited about it. If I had to give a prediction, I would try to do some, try to do some research. So, I think... I really like the team from Honolulu. Um, yeah, they could end up playing the team from Tom's River, who are playing Nebraska. I believe Nebraska, did they win their region? Yeah, they did. So, I don't know. I really like the Tom's River team. Tom's River, obviously Tom's River East won the 1998 Little League World Series with Todd Frazier on their team. This team right now from Tom's River has Carson Frazier, the nephew of Todd Frazier. In their semifinal game, they were facing elimination. New Jersey was down 3-0 in the top of the sixth inning. They came back and scored six runs. A bases-clearing double from Carson Frazier helped Tom's River go on to the Mid-Atlantic Championship game. They ended up losing big to Pennsylvania. This Pennsylvania team has been giving everyone a tough time. I like them in the Tom Seaver region. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Hawaii versus Pennsylvania in the final. I think Hawaii is going to take it all. But I really want Thomas River to make a run. I think they're capable of making a run. They got some they got some great bats. It's just their pitching. Can their pitching last? Can they pick the pitchers who they want to pitch in 
their respective game. I think they got to go with their big gun in game one and see where it goes from there. So, if you're not doing anything tomorrow, I believe the first game is tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hawaii, Connecticut starts off with a bang. Starts off with a bang. New Jersey plays at 5. We have 1, 3, 5, and 7 on Thursday. And 1, 3, 5, and 7 on Friday. So, it's going to be a double elimination tournament. If you want the bracket, go to LittleLeague.org and they'll have a bracket for you. You can print it out, make some predictions, or just follow along with that. I think that's going to be it for today. I'm, I don't know if I'm missing something. I might be. What am I missing? Oh! <laughs> How silly of me. Oh, man. Well, we got one more segment for you guys. It's the return of something that I am very passionate about. Don't know if all of you are passionate about it, but if you if you went to college with me, if you're a, a listener, shout out to my CUA alum. You know that I was very famous for hosting watch parties of this particular uh, entertainment outlet. Let's go over to the squared circle and the world of world wrestling entertainment. Yes, the WWE. <laughs> When Pat McAfee yelled, where? <laughs> I lost it, man. I lost it. But yes, judging by Michael Cole and Pat McAfee's reaction from Money in the Bank, John Cena, the 16-time world champion, is back, and he is headlining the biggest party of the summer. No, it's not DJs at Belmar. No, it's not Lollapalooza. SummerSlam. This Saturday, August 21st, from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. I cannot wait for this card. I am very, very excited for this card. And I'm sure um, my fellow wrestling fans are just as excited as me. So, we're going to break down the card. There are 10, yes, 10 matches on this card. If you are interested in watching SummerSlam, download Peacock. I'm sure you can find a link um, that the WWE provides. Usually you get your first month of Peacock for free. So they used to give the first month of WWE Network for free. If you want to sign up for Peacock Premium, like when you pay monthly, check it out. I, I have it. It's great. Um, there were a couple hiccups with... Um, what was the one thing that they had pickups with? Was it SummerSlam? WrestleMania? I think it was fine, but to me, like, when I was watching Money in the Bank, it was it was fine. And when I was watching Money in the Bank, when I saw Roman Reigns beat Edge to retain the Universal Championship, I was, you know, I, I saw Seth Rollins come out. Now, they have a feud. We'll highlight that feud in a little bit. But when I saw Roman Reigns come out with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns got a microphone, and I was like, I was, I was humming the John Cena theme song, or, like, doing, like, the... Or... Apple, what he says, apple juice, I don't know what he says, but, um, I was, like, just playing around, like, oh, man, like, what if Cena comes out here? I was just thinking to myself, what if Cena comes out? And sure enough, the soundbite that I just played to you was right after Roman Reigns finishes one-sentence promo, which said, now the whole world can acknowledge me, and John Cena's music hits, and I start screaming like a little girl, because John Cena is one of my sporting idols, one of my role models, 
Like, this guy is... This guy's the best. So, glad to see him back. Glad to see... Um, he, him actually competing for what could be his record-setting 17th World Championship. Now, I'll get to predictions, but I will save this one. I'll save the two big title fights for the very end. Actually, there's a few big title fights, so I'll, I'll do the singles matches first. I'll do the titles last. We'll make it interesting. All right, so... We got Eva Marie versus Alexa Bliss. Eva Marie is with Dewdrop. Yes, to my CUA alum again, there is a wrestler named Dewdrop. I am not kidding. There is a wrestler named Dewdrop. Is she good? Nah. I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss. I like her, uh, you know, her kind of scary side now with her doll, Lily. Obviously, this is being... Um, Taken inspiration of the pole, uh, Bray Wyatt's, uh, what is it, Firefly Funhouse. Even though Bray Wyatt is no longer with WWE, it's, you know, Alexa Bliss is still keeping that same kind of demonic, playful role. I, I think Alexa Bliss is one of the best women's wrestlers in the game today. Not the best, but one of, definitely top five, and I think she's going to win this one. And defeat Eva Marine is going to be something. Maybe Bray Wyatt comes back. Maybe the, maybe the Fiend comes back. Maybe they re signed him. You know, maybe this was whole like, oh, like they got rid of Bray Wyatt. Oh no, maybe the Fiend comes back and scares the ever living crap out of Dewdrop or even Marie. So who knows? Uh, I like I like Alexa Bliss here. All right, we got Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Yes, these two used to be in a faction known as Three MB with Heath Slater. To all my OG WWE wrestling fans. Um, this is going to be quick. I think uh, Drew McIntyre wins. If they want to set up something with Jinder Mahal, possibly con uh, contending for another title, I don't know how that how that's going to work, but I think Drew McIntyre takes this one. Claymore kick, one, two, three. Drew defeats Jinder. Uh, let's go over now to what I think is a, meh, it's an okay match. Um, we're going to go with the... SmackDown Tag Team Titles, The Usos versus Rey and Dominic Mysterio. Um, quick, I'm going to go with the retain. I think the champs, The Usos, will retain. It'd be great to see Rey and Dominic win. I remember one, one of the earliest memories I had watching wrestling was watching SummerSlam from like 2004 when Rey Mysterio fought Eddie Guerrero for the rights of Dominic Mysterio. Like, these two were fighting over his, like his rights, like, to, like, have him be their son, and I remember crying, because I'm, like, thinking, like, what if, like, my dad had to fight another man, who was, like, it was, their relatives, right, they were relatives, I believe, like, what if, like, <laughs> it was just, it was just insane, Ray won, spoiler alert, so Dominic went in, this is when Dominic was, like, a little kid, he was about, like, eight years old, uh, but now he's competing with his dad at his side for the title. So I think they're going to win. I'm going to say no. I think the Usos will retain. I love Jimmy and Jay as heels. Uh, I do think that, you know, having them with titles and Roman with a title makes them a terrifying faction. So with this one, I'm going to go with the Usos to retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Now, we got... Sheamus versus Damian Priest 
for the U.S. Championship, the United States Championship. I think Damian Priest wins this one. I, I like Damian Priest a lot. I really liked him from NXT. Very talented wrestler. Um, not one of the best on the mic. Uh, we, we said that about Roman. Now look at him now. One of the best heels in the game. But I like Damian Priest. I think this is going to be a great boost for his career. Great start to his main roster career. I think he becomes the new U.S. title winner there. This one just made official last night. The Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line as champs AJ Styles and Omos take on RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle. Um, yeah, interesting one here. I think I'm going to go with RK Bro. I think there's going to be new Raw Tag Team titles. Um, I could be I could be totally wrong on this one. I'm just making a guess. I'm going to go with RK Bro here. For the win, I love the two of them. I don't know, maybe maybe Randy Orton screws Riddle over again once more. We'll see what happens there. I'm kind of optimistic. I'm going to go with the win for Randy Orton and Riddle. New Raw, or, and new, excuse me, Raw Tag Team title, or Raw Tag Team Champions. Next up, we have a singles match, but this singles match should... Have some fireworks here. We got Edge versus Seth Rollins. I think this is an easy one to pick. I think Edge wins because Edge needs a win on a pay-per-view again. And I think he just needs more momentum. Obviously, he didn't win the title. They might give it to John. Maybe Edge fights John Cena at SummerSlam. That would be literally insane. But I think Edge deserves the upper edge. No pun intended. On Seth Rollins for this feud to start off. I think it's going to continue into um, Clash of Champions, whatever it is, for their September cards, um, leading into what could be um, the Royal Rumble, because the Royal Rumble is in January, so whatever that may be. I think Edge takes this one in a convincing... Actually, it might not be that convincing. I think it's going to be like a 20-25 minute match of just nothing but haymakers and you know, just great overall wrestling in that in that match. I'm going to go with Edge. I think Edge takes this one. Um, Let's see. Next, we have the Raw Women's Championship on the line in a triple threat match between Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and the current champion, Nikki Cross, a.k.a. Nikki A.S.H., almost superhero. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. I think she loses her title. I think... Rhea Ripley becomes the new and new Raw Women's Champion. I love Rhea Ripley. I love the Rhea versus Charlotte uh, feud. It obviously started last year at WrestleMania, COVID edition, uh, continued into this year. Um, Charlotte Flair, absolute beast. Like, well over, like, seven titles. I think she has, like, eight or nine if I'm being if I'm correct, but I think Rhea Ripley gets the title back here. I think Charlotte gets screwed over. I think Rhea is gonna pin Nikki, and they'll set up a feud for the next pay per view, whenever that may be. If it's Clash of Champions, Hell in a Cell, uh, I don't know. I think they just had Hell in a Cell. It used to be in October, but I don't know what their pay per view is. They kind of switch it up. They switch it up. Um, but Rhea Charlotte could easily be a Royal Rumble match. So maybe they kind of flirt with that for months. I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley and new Raw Women's Champion. Now to the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Oh my goodness. I love, I love, I love this feud. 
the two of them in the ring is like poetry in motion. It's incredible. I love the two of them. They're great. They're both fantastic. They're both great at what they do. They're both great on the microphone. I'm going to go with, and still, as much as it kills me, because I love Sasha Banks. Huge Sasha Banks guy. (laughs) I'm going to go with Bianca Belair to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. All right, here we go. Last two matches for the WWE Championship. We have Bobby Lashley with MVP in his corner taking on, yes, Goldberg. Yes, Goldberg is back. He's competing, and he's got his son coming into promos. Goldberg's destined to another title. Will he win one? No. And still, Bobby Lashley will retain the WWE Championship. All right, now we get to the big one. The one that we've all been waiting for. Roman Reigns versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. I mean, everyone's telling me, Jeremy, like, there's no way John Cena can lose, right? You know, he's in a title match. He's got one more win, one more win, and he, he, you know, he beats Ric Flair, and now he's tied for Ric Flair for most championships, but now he's going he's gonna to be the, the sole owner of the number one spot, most titles. It's going to happen, right, Jeremy? No. As much as it pains me, it's not going to happen. I think Roman Reigns will retain the Universal Championship at SummerSlam because I think that something happens later in the year of 2022 when we get to the Showcase of Immortals. I think John Cena, I want to say that John Cena will eventually become a champion, but I don't think he becomes the champion right now. I think he will lose the title He will go away for a little bit in between October, November, December. He will come back, potentially win the Royal Rumble, and become champion at WrestleMania. That is my bold prediction. Those are my predictions for SummerSlam 2021. Okay, right before... We're going to end it a little bit, but we have one more side, shorter segment... Don't have a soundbite for this one because we're going to jump right into it. The NCAA AP preseason poll top 25 have come out. The poll has come out and it is no surprise to see who sits atop number one. But we're going to start from the bottom up. We're going to get my instant reaction. So we're going to start from 25 to 20. At 25, we have the Arizona State Sun Devils. Yes, a team that I will be seeing in person next month. And 24, another Pac-12 team, uh, the Utah Utes. At 23, we have the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. 22, we have the Coastal Coastal Carolina. I forget what their what their mascot is. Coastal Carolina comes in at 22. At 21, we have the Texas Longhorns. And at 20, we have the Washington Huskies. At 19, we have the Penn State Nittany Lions. 18, the Iowa Hawkeyes. 17, the Indiana Hoosiers. Right there. 17, 18, 19. All from the Big Ten. Is the Big Ten better than the SEC? We'll find out this year. 16, we have the LSU Tigers. 15, the Southern California Trojans from USC. 14, the U, Miami Hurricanes. 13, the Florida Gators. 12, the Wisconsin Badgers. And at 11, we have the Oregon Ducks. Now let's get into the top 10, the nitty gritty. 
at number 10. And this is a shocker, but they have one of the best quarterbacks in college football. We have the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. At number 9, we have my beloved, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. At 8, yes, 8, we have from, <laughs> from the AAC, the Cincinnati Bearcats, a new powerhouse in the AAC. At 7, we have the Iowa State Cyclones. At 6, we have the Texas A&M Aggies. At 5, we have the Georgia Bulldogs. And at 4, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes. At 3... The Clemson Tigers come in at number three. At two, we have the Oklahoma Sooners. And at number one, you guessed it, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, this is just a this is just a preseason poll. Nothing too crazy. You know? Nothing too, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular. Nothing. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see. What happens of this season? I'm pumped. We'll get into more college football once the season is underway. We will highlight the big matchups again. Like we do with the Premier League, we're going to do the same thing with college football. Same thing with the NFL. We're going to break down the weekly games and the key matchups to look forward to for that week. So yes, Alabama tops the AP preseason poll. No shocker to me, but let's get pumped. Let's get excited because college football is coming back. And like college football, the NFL is also coming back. And a month from that, hockey and basketball are coming back. So that'll do it for me. Thank you all so much for tuning into this podcast. Again, if you have any trouble accessing the Deacon Deacon podcast, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. So for Spotify or Google Podcasts, just search the Deacon Deacon podcast in your uh, respective search toolbar. If you're going on to Anchor, it's anchor.fm slash the Deacon Deacon, no apostrophe. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for Anchor for sponsoring this week's podcast. And again, thank you to the Deacon faithful, my listeners, my fans. You guys are what keep what keeps me going. You guys are the best. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you all so much. So for the Deacon Deacon podcast, I am Jeremy Striano saying have a good one and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.